Hosted by me, Pete Phillips. And me, Marissa Phillips. And guess what? We're, We're not, not related. related. Uh, it's also a podcast where two friends get together and we tell you some things that we learned or some things that we just know because we're so damn smart. And yep. uh, we like to present them to you so that maybe you can insert them into conversation and look smart amongst your friends and loved ones. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. How's your week going, Marissa? My week was okay until like Wednesday, but... I'm just going to pretend nothing happened that I didn't like. Otherwise, my week was nice. I'm drinking wine right now. And that helps. I'm going to start social eating, I think, by the end of this month, guys. I know I've talked about it for a long time, but I think it's finally coming. Hit up that Wrist Vandal Instagram and you'll see some preview videos. Two teasers, at Wrist Vandal. Yeah. My week's okay, but I'm going to defer my talking about my week and ask you... Um, if I bought a dog that was black and I named it Blackie. No, don't do that. Would you tell me, no. Pete, that's racist? No, it's not racist, but it's awkward. Here's why I ask. Yeah, My coworker got a dog and she wants to name it, but Blackie is on the list. But this By is, the way, I this can't is, guarantee it's not racist. This is a I Trump voter. I heart's in the right place. This is a Trump voter, by the way, who who didn't vote which is neither here nor there, but she supported Trump, who said, I wanted to name her Blackie, but I think people would give me shit about it being racist, even though it's not racist. When I was growing up, everybody had a dog named Blackie, which, first of okay. all, no, that's not true. Secondly, when you were growing up, more people were racist. Yeah, um, even if every person in the world has a dog named Blackie, when you were growing up, that doesn't mean it's not racist. And I think you're right. Racist isn't the right word. It's sensitivity, perhaps. Yeah. Like, perhaps yeah, yeah, be yeah. sensitive to the possible, you know, uh, connotations that might come with a word that you choose to call your pet. <laughs> or and anyone. I can't even say it's not racist. But, like you said, I assume she's coming from a not consciously racist place. But right. yeah, like I, I feel like that is something... I feel like the podcast Yoas is Racist might have mentioned this, but if you need to ask if it's racist, it's probably, if not racist, at least borderline. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, if I got a new dog and I wanted to name it Tardo, I think that would be insensitive, and I would not do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's It's weird. Kind, of a, kind of a cute name. You know what, for I mean, a robot. I, I for a robot, like, not a dog. <laughs> Tardis, but, yeah, I guess. <laughs> So, Marissa, are you in charge of the icebreaker this week, or am I? Because I got one right in front of me. You. Marissa, here's a good one. Okay. If you were left on a desert island with either your worst enemy or no one, which one of these would you choose and why? Uh, worst enemy because I feel like desperation and loneliness could cause any people to find a common ground and forgive each other. And oh, well, wow, that's, least... that's what? very optimistic. That's very what? That's very optimistic. I mean, don't you think if you were living with someone like for like, I like your years, answer. years and there's nothing left to even fight about because you don't have anything around you? Like, out of desperation, you'd want companionship, don't you think? Marissa's solving the world problems. Yeah, everyone gets stranded on a desert island and you all <laughs> love each other. Um, I'm inclined to think... 
I'm inclined to agree with you, but for different reasons. Okay, tell me. Um, if I was there with like somebody, then I think I wouldn't be as. Uh, I th- I think I'd go crazy slower. And also, like, I would probably be able to blame that person for the situation and not put so much on myself. (laughs) Okay. Yours is dark, but sure. (laughs) Yours is so, so bright that how could I I contend with that? But, (laughs) again, in a perfect world, you're absolutely right, and that would be wonderful. I don't know. I just feel like I have people I actively don't like, but, like, if you take them entirely out of civilization, out of drama, out of gossip, and, like... We don't even have food or clothes or, like, anything, like, that's just stupid if I still hate them actively, isn't it? Unless they, like, kill the family member. But I'm sure with enough time, no, no, never mind. I would say, like, (laughs) not that it would be okay, but with enough time, like, maybe I could emphasize and, like, if they, like, did it out of some weird desperation. But no, no, not if they killed a family member. But that aside, I feel like I could empathize with people if I spent enough time with them or something. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I, I hope that you're right. And again... Neither one of us have anybody who killed our family members. Neither one of us have anybody who, like, really, really, like, did so much that is completely unforgivable in any circumstance ever. So, yeah, maybe we would be big enough people that we would be able to get over it. Of course, then I turn around and I go, yeah, but are they going to be big enough to rise to my level and be able to (laughs) not be such a dick all the time? But, you know, I'm fine. Yeah, they could be pouty. I'm sure they're living a great life, pouty on a desert (laughs) island. Whatever. No one says pouty without validation, honestly. I don't. I you bring don't. up a very good point, though, because if your worst enemy would kill you, then I guess you should probably pick none. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, short of that, yeah. Yeah. But okay. So that speaks or, a lot or, to Or, by the way, if you're looking for a reason to murder someone, then you could pick your worst enemy and just murder them without consequence because nobody else is around. But let's let's move the on purge, to the topic. Desert <laughs> Island. Ooh, that's a great sequel. Yeah, I think they're up to like five or six now, so that'll yeah. be a good one. Y'all heard? Hey, everybody. This is Catherine Janicek. And this is Ann Janicek. And we are related. This is Y'all Purred. A call cast in which we tell you things you didn't know you needed, needed to, to know. know about cats. Hey, Kathy, do you know about Ernest Hemingway's cats? I might have heard there was a special feature about these cats. Yeah, they had extra toes. What do you call that? Polydactyl. No shit. Yeah, do you know any other polydactyl cats? I might have heard of one named Martha. Oh, yeah? And Wilkes-Barre? Yeah. Oh, well... If you've heard about this cat in Wilkes-Barre, why don't you give us a call back at 1-800-POD-WOD-1. Ha, ha, ha. This has been Y'all Purge. I wanted to talk about the Ouija board. Pete, have you ever played the Ouija board? I feel like I may have once, but with a group of people, like, like, as a kid, kid. Okay. And being like, I don't trust that any of these people aren't moving it. So okay. this is just this is just a futile exercise for me. Would you play it at this stage in your life? Yes, but it would depend on the circumstances. Like to, to possibly get in touch with a a loved one or someone specific, that would be one thing. But if I'm just like, huh, let's see what ghosts are around us right now, that I wouldn't want to do because 
yeah, I feel like we're just asking for trouble. Okay. Yeah, Pete, the, the asking for trouble thing, that is basically how I feel just across the board. I wouldn't touch it. I've always been totally, utterly, like, obsessed and fascinated with the Ouija board, but I refuse to go near one. I won't play it. I won't be in the house of someone while they're playing it. I won't touch it at all. Um, despite my interest in everything spooky and paranormal, I was raised fairly religious and was taught to never mess with spirits or anything that could possibly be evil or anything that is, like, not of this world. So my entire family is very, very scared of the Ouija board, but some of them dabbled. I remember my aunt and my cousins played the Ouija board maybe, like, ten years ago. And my aunt and my cousin, we won't get into details here, but both feel like they have powers to see spirits and to be in tune with spirits. And neither of them want that. Uh, So my one cousin, I guess at the end of their time playing, they asked whether that cousin has powers. The Ouija board said yes, so she started getting creeped out. And then later after that, they asked the Ouija board if it was like a good or a bad spirit. Oh, no, why would you set of, yourself up for that? Instead of saying yes or no, or I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, I think he said like, "Are you a good? Are you a bad spirit, or are you a good spirit?" A yes or no question. Instead of saying yes or no, it lingered in between yes and no. So then they all got horrified. See, so the spirit is just like all of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they threw it in the shed outside. No, you can't do like, that. You can't do that. You can't just, like, take your hands off and walk away. Oh, you need to close it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I forgot. I've so, seen yeah. the movies. <laughs> yeah, you need to, like, end your session, guys. So, yeah, so then they threw it in the shed. Then they all slept in the same bed with, like, rosaries and crucifixes and possibly holy water around them because they were horrified. A couple months later, me and my brother were house-sitting at my aunt's house where they played the Ouija board. And we were living, like, staying in the house full-time. We were there almost 24 hours a day, except this one time we went out for a half hour to, like, get groceries or something. Then, like, when we were out, there was a little bit of a thunderstorm. And when we came back, the shed had burned down. (laughs) And it had been struck by lightning. And my family is convinced that the Ouija board is why that shed burned down. It was struck by lightning because the Ouija board was in it. And everything in the shed was, like, destroyed. Is that that the full explanation? Was it, like... Good forces. No, like the Ouija board. Forces. But yeah, you're right because like that's like a little weird because like that didn't like harm anyone. That harmed the harm the Ouija board. Yeah. But but it's complex, all right. <laughs> anyway, so that's my only experience with the Ouija board. So Pete, what do you think of how old do you think the Ouija board is? Uh, we're going back to witches. Witches is pretty old. Yeah, I guess how you define witches is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? You're right, though. Maybe. maybe yeah. You know what? I don't really know a lot about the history of the Ouija board, but I feel like it was at like its peak popularity in like the 60s and 70s or something okay, like that. Okay, yeah. So I found this interesting because I thought it would be like, the Ouija board dates back to ancient blah, blah, blah. But basically, I looked at multiple sources because I was like, maybe these people don't know what they're talking about. But after like checking a bunch of different sites, apparently... The Ouija board has its roots in spiritualism and the spiritualist movement, which began in the United States in the 1840s. There are many people that claim that ancient Ouija boards existed, but when you look further into it, it's more like different spiritual contacting devices existed. But 
if you really go by the Ouija board, like a planchette over letters that spell words, no, that that did not exist in an ancient form. Guys, did you just hear her say planchette? Like we all know what that means. I'm sorry. The planchette is the part (laughs) of the Ouija board that like triangular shaped thing with a little hole in the middle. We get it. You're smarter than us. (laughs) What moves around to spell the words? Okay. So a lot, like a lot of movies, I feel like depict that the Ouija board is really, really old, but. That is just kind of like to sensationalize it and make it seem more mysterious than it is. It's really from the 1800s. The spiritualist movement was led by people called mediums who were said to like have contact with spirits and claimed to be like intermediaries between the living and the dead. Spiritualism, by the 18, mid-1800s, spiritualism had been around in Europe for a long time, but it really hit America hard in the eight, in 1848 with these two sisters called the Fox Sisters who lived in New York, who were said to receive messages from spirits who, like, tapped on walls in order to oh, answer yeah. questions. So, like, tap three times to, to say yes, or if it's this letter, tap so many times. It was like a, it was kind of a long process to, like, contact the spirits um, with that method, but... Uh, so a lot of people, they were like really famous. People would have the Fox sisters come to their parlor and like talk to the spirits through rapping. By rapping, I mean tapping, not, not. I said a hip hop, the hip it, the hip it, the hip, hip hop, you don't stop the rocket to the band, man. We can say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to So at the time, spiritualism and Christianity were not necessarily at odds or like mutually exclusive, which I feel like it is in many cases today, not in every case, but more so, like people could have seances um, and that wasn't necessarily like a weird thing or a sacrilegious thing. Also, people did a thing called automatic writing where like a spirit was said to kind of pass through the medium and cause the medium to write out messages on a piece of paper that came from the spirit. Now, when the Ouija board was created, you know, as a game that was marketed to people, The creators weren't really, like, huge into the spiritualist movement. They were said to just more be, like, cashing in on a fad. Um, As spiritualism was spreading across America, after a while, that whole, like, Fox Sisters things, like, listening to taps to decipher a message, it was kind of, like, long and kind of boring. So, like, Mm -hmm. people kind of were, like, hungry for something, like, faster and easier. So in 1886, uh, the Associated Press was reporting on uh, a new phenomenon taking over at spiritualist camps in the state of Ohio, and it was called the Talking Board. Uh, And it was basically a Ouija board with the letters, numbers, and a planchette, planchette device. When you were talking about how people wanted something faster, I was like, I wonder if there's a Ouija, of course there's a Ouija board app. (laughs) (laughs) Is there? Spirit board simulator, and you can ask it questions, and it will, yeah. (laughs) Might as well get a magic eight ball, but whatever. So uh, the article was passed along and and seen, and a pretty popular article, and there was a Charles Kennard uh, who lived in Maryland who decided, like, oh, I'm going to cash in on that. So in the late 1800s, he got together a group of investors, and they started to make and market talking boards to the masses. At the start, they didn't have a name for the board. Many people believe that... Pete, do you, what, what is your guess where the name came from? Ouija? 
Or Ouija. I'm still not sure whether it's considered Ouija or Ouija. I don't know. It's Ouija, right? I mean, I always heard Ouija board growing up. I don't know. It feels like it's probably some sort of white cultural appropriation type of thing where they just, like, pick some random words. So some sources believe that Ouija or Ouija came from a combination of the French word for yes, oui, oui and the German ja, which made me is laugh. Al- is also yes, isn't it? Oh, I thought it was and. Oh, okay. Maybe. I, d- well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't well, know German. Maybe the article I was reading annoyingly told me what we meant, but didn't mean no telling what Ja meant. So I Google translated it, and Google said and, which if it really meant yes and, that so it's would an be So it's an improv board. Yes. Ouija board is actually the origins of improv. But okay, if it means Ja and somebody knows German, tell me. So I It'd be different it. if it was yes, no board, then okay. Yeah, exactly. I don't point. understand what would be the significance. Researchers say that more likely it was Bond's sister-in-law. Bond was one of the other investors. Uh, His sister-in-law, who supplied the name, Uh, she was said to be a strong medium. And she asked the board itself what it should be called. And and the name Ouija or Ouija came through. And when she asked what it meant, the board replied, good luck. Why, why would we get... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the board in the late 1800s was basically what we have today. Uh, it's a flat board with letters of the alphabet arrayed... Sorry, arranged in like uh, two... Are they arranged in two semicircles? On the um, on the Ouija board app? Yes, it's two, le- okay. it's two rows. <laughs> so letters arranged above the numbers 0 through 9 and the words yes and no... And there's also the word goodbye, which, as Pete mentioned, after a session, you're supposed to say goodbye and close out your session with the Ouija board. Um, And it also has the planchette, which is um, the kind of triangular device with a small window in the middle, um, which shows the letter. The biggest difference, basically, from the old Ouija board and the current one is that the board is now usually cardboard, but back then it was, like, wooden. Uh, so it's interesting to note that the Ouija board is patented, and apparently to get that patent, the people in the patent board wanted to see that the device actually worked. Like, they said, like, we're not going to let you have the patent unless you demonstrate that it does what it's supposed to do. Um, and the story goes that they brought the board to the patent office, and the chief patent officer... Did not tell anyone his name at the time, but the board knew his name. And he was like, it is true. Yes, you have your patent. So Wow. That's yeah, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> but again, guys, at the time, they didn't have the internet. They couldn't Google his name. They could have just so, asked the secretary on the way in. Stop it. <laughs> um, I like how you're taking sides on this. <laughs> the Ouija board ended up being a pretty big success. And by the late 1800, uh, Kenner and Bond, some of the earliest investors, were out of the business, actually, due to some controversies controversies with money and stuff. Uh, but another man, William Fold, who got in on the ground floor when it was still a young company, he then took over. And because of the board's success, a lot of competitors tried to make their own Ouija board devices, but Fold was like, gung-ho on suing everybody 
So he was sued every single person who tried to make a copycat Ouija board until his death in 1927. Uh, it's a great legacy. What? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fultz's death in 1927 was actually supposedly uh, like a freak accident when he fell from the roof of a new factory he created, and a factory which apparently the Ouija board told him to build. So he fell from the roof of this new Ouija-founded factory short after whatever. Don't smoke uh, what you're selling. That's yeah. the lesson there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And in 1966, Fold's estate sold the family business, which included the Ouija board and many other things, to Parker Brothers, who manufactures the modern boards that we know today. And then in 1991, Parker Brothers was sold to Hasbro. And so Hasbro um, currently holds all the Ouija board rights and patents. And was there a Ouija board movie? Of course there was. Let me tell you. There was Ouija, Ouija, Ouija Origin of Evil, Ouija House, Ouija Seance, <laughs> Ouija Board, Ouija the Summoning, and many others. <laughs> and I've seen them all. <laughs> I've seen one, and I wasn't sure if it was actually called Ouija Board or like Spirit Board Massacre. No, I wouldn't watch Yeah, I'm sure there's those too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I did watch Ouija or one of them. And it was actually, it wasn't that scary, but it was... Was that the one where it started in a parlor and it was sort of like in in the old days and yeah, that, family of like yeah. con man meat. Yeah, I like that one, guys. I recommend seeing Ouija again. It's not like a masterpiece, but it's fun. Yeah, and it's like like I like I like spooky movies, but not boring movies. And I think it's like a good a good movie like that. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm gonna end this by saying something interesting. Finally. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Do you think the Ouija board, there's any, like, true mysticism or spiritual stuff working? Do you think it's always people faking it, or do you think it could be both? What do you think? I think it could be both. It seems like with the energy flowing through the universe and all that sort of stuff, any number of things could, could be a way that something is trying to talk to you. And I think perhaps yeah. someone... A spirit could harness the power of a of a Ouija board in a situation, but I don't I don't think it's the norm by any means. I also think it's really troubling that a toy maker is the main manufacturer of it. But. I know, isn't that so weird? <laughs> um, I agree with Pete. I think it could be both. Um, so there is something that some psychologists and scientists believe might be the reason behind it, and it kind of kind of like a combination of the two. Many people think that the Ouija board might move due to something called idiomotor movements or unconscious movements and that it's moving and they're not really aware that they're moving it. Yeah. Um, often people are like so full of like an energy and excitement um, and are so caught up in the movement of playing with the Ouija board that they don't even notice that they're doing it. Sometimes the questions people ask the board are answerable by one of the participants and and they kind of unknowingly, like unconsciously start pushing it towards those letters and it kind of encourages the other people to kind of move with it. And a couple of people, I think National I think it was what you say from either Smithsonian or National Geographic, that they had a video debunking it. And basically, if you blindfold all of the participants, the planchette often will still move, but it will end up either spelling gibberish or just like hitting the space between letters. So like people still feel like this like unconscious feeling to move it, but since they don't know where the letters are, 
It's just yeah. spelling nothing. That's that's Marissa's game, by the way. She what? just wants absolute gibberish to come out of the board. <laughs> She'll be like, this board is hilarious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, not a regret, or I'm not actively sad that I'm not playing the Ouija board, but I feel like I like to experience so much of life. And I'm kind of like, oh, it's something like so cool and so weird. Kind of sad I don't get to like try it. But even then, I will never try it because, like I said, I think it could be both. I, I think it could be idiometer movements. I think it could be someone joking around, or I think you could invite something bad into your house. There's two movies. There's Ouija, and then there's uh, what was, I'm sorry, I just had it up here. Uh, Ouija: Origin of Evil. Now, in Ouija, what happens is they don't close the session and. Things go very bad. Oh, I didn't realize that it was okay. in Origin of Evil. It's the one that Marissa was talking about with the, oh, okay. the f- uh, family of charlatans and all. And uh, yeah, they're they're both kind of entertaining movies. But yeah, you know, you kind of have to to be careful with that because yeah, if you do invite something in, you're sort of. Uh, I think what I would call your situation, Marissa, is a healthy dose of superstition. Nothing wrong with that. I know. See, yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to preemptively, because I don't want to forget about it, give you my plug. It's time for plugs. It's time for plugs. It's time for plugs. Okay, it's time for plugs. This is... (laughs) Every time I'm down or I'm bored, I watch this. You could either... I know there's a Google term that will no doubt give it to as the first result, or I can tell you the actual name of it. You can either Google Luigi board, like Mario and Luigi, L-U-I-G-I board, or if you want to go to YouTube, you can type in Curse of the Weggy, W-E-G-G-Y board, Curse of the Weggy board. This is a, a short YouTube video. It's only a minute, 49 seconds. They both take you to the same place? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that somebody showed me, and they told me about it. I was like, ah, oh, that sounds stupid. But it's just somebody reading pretty quickly various questions people have asked about the Ouija board on like forums but people misspell it so bad (laughs) and my favorite is what someone calls it a quiche board like the food (laughs) like they they spell it Luigi board wow weg board weggy board quiche board like it's beautiful and you don't realize how funny it's gonna be to your until you're watching it. You're like, that sounds <laughs> stupid. And then you're like, that's insane. How did someone think that's how you spell Ouija board? Because, guys, Ouija board isn't the easiest thing to spell. Man, some people. So that is my plug. Please watch that on YouTube. This will be a favorite YouTube video. How about you, Pete? If you have experiences with Ouija boards, please call us at 570-PODWOD1. Tell us your experiences, your beliefs, what have you, and we will be happy to. We don't. I, I'm wondering at this point if I say, "Oh, we'll use it in the show." Maybe that's a deterrent. So we don't have to use it in the show. Say what you want in the message, and we'll be happy to oblige whatever yeah. your wishes are. <laughs> also, you could tweet us at y'all heard pod. Uh, in terms of plugs for me this week, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you not to look at sports card truths because I haven't done them since Tuesday. <laughs> which isn't very long ago, but I also don't know if I'm going to get to it anytime soon. So uh, you guys can take a break from that. Instead, you can check out sandwichportraits.com and catch up over there. I also want to plug um, this new social eating thing that I'm just like, it's, it's going to happen soon. And I want everybody to know. But 
I can't remember what it's called. Marissa, do you know? I will be social eating on Twitch, and my show and my whatever, username or whatever, is What Sakura Eats. F-A-K-U-R-A. Okay, but here's the thing, guys. Don't tell anybody. Marissa doesn't want anybody to know that she's doing this, so don't tell anybody. I don't want anyone anybody. I know to know I'm doing it, except Juan, you could watch it. No one else could watch it. That's why tell me, like, tell me how it is, Juan. It. Like, I'm doing like a, like I want everyone to know it exists, but not know where it is. Because <laughs> okay. I don't feel like everyone I know can handle this. I know that everyone you know can't handle it. So, yeah. Anyway, guys, thanks for li- listening. I actually really had fun doing my... Pre- Not that I don't, but sometimes my research is half-assed. But, like, it just flowed. I like today. Today felt good. Listen, watch, I'll listen to it, and I'll be like, that was shit. But it felt good. Marissa doesn't listen to the show. I, I do. I'm she's going to she's gonna listen, listen to make sure I dropped in the rap song. Exactly. No, I listen if there's, like, a new song or, like, a funny thing Pete did, but, like, I don't just want to listen to myself talk again. I listen to every episode, and it takes you're me like a two or three hours to edit it. Too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right Thanks guys. for listening, everybody. Give us a call. Do all that business. Donate at Patreon. Leave an iTunes review. We did get another five star rating, but nobody wrote anything. That's perfectly acceptable as Thank well. You. Thank you very much. That. Otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.